We are continuing through our amazing Easter resurrection stories, and today's gospel is absolutely one of my favorites. It's the story of two people that are walking along the road to Emmaus on their way home from Jerusalem. They are caught up in their sadness and their anguish over what has just happened. They watch their friend and their Lord be tortured and crucified. And now they're heading home after hearing stories that he had risen again. Now on the road, they are overtaken by a man. And the gospel writer tells us that they were sad and they stood still when they met him. This moment, therefore, is not one of those Jesus resurrection stories of immediate recognition and a joyous experience. In this one, Jesus finds them in their sorrow and in their despair, and he starts to long, walk along with them before they even know who he is. He speaks into their sorrow the things about God, the truth about his being, his existence, his revelation over time, and the promise of a Messiah, one who will suffer. Now, beginning last week, several senior pastors in the Park City areas had agreed to speak about mental health issues that are being endured by our fellow neighbors near and far. And our own rector, Chris Garada, mentioned them in his sermon last week, and our vice rector, Ken Brannon, is preaching about them this morning. And he, Chris, has encouraged us to also preach if we were called, feel called. Mental health issues are something of which I'm very familiar, especially through my past work. A lot of you know that I used to be a lawyer, and I left the law not only to become a priest, but first to start a company that was an advocate for better treatment options for addiction for their families and for individuals who were suffering. This is a brain disease, addiction. The diagnosis is actually substance use disorder. And in this work as an advocate, I, became to, I came to learn a lot about the brain science of addiction and substance use disorder and co-occurring disorders, which are other mental illnesses that can occur alongside addiction, but also can stand on their own. Things like depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, ADHD, and a whole host of other brain disorders. And I learned that mental illness can be caused by genetic or brain anomalies, where the brain structure is somehow injured or changed, or the brain chemistry is somehow off. And I also learned that mental illness can be caused by things not only with brain structure, but also by trauma or disease. Diseases like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or a whole host of other diseases that can bring on mental illness, and also by traumatic events. 
I therefore learned a lot about a whole spectrum of mental illnesses in my work, which grounded my efforts to change the laws and the options that were available in Alabama and Idaho. But before all of this came my own personal awareness. When I was a very young child, over a period of years, I suffered through sexual trauma at the hands of a distant relative. It ended in my early teens, but I did not speak about it to anyone, not for several years, until I told my mother. And I asked her not to share it with anyone. And so it became our family secret. We didn't even tell my father or my brothers and my sisters. It remained a secret at my request, and I never agreed to go to counseling at that point. I decided instead to ignore it. I just wanted to be happy like everyone else that seemed to be that were around me. And I definitely did not want anyone to know that I was deficient. So I hid it from my father who I loved and the rest of the world. But then, when I was 19, my father was killed in an airplane accident. And I had my first bout of depression the next fall. I tried counseling at Auburn University where I was a student, but it was too difficult. I only lasted seven, six weeks before I stopped. So again, I just tried to ignore it. Fast forward a few years, couple years, and I was married to my first husband. We were living in New Orleans, and I was in my second year of law school. And then my depression snowballed, because that's how mental illness works. It continues on in a chronic way, getting stronger and stronger until there's a, an intervention or a reset. And mine was beginning to spiral me downward. My depression that had temporarily lifted came on full force. It felt like there was a weight on me, a great burden, and everything around me I saw through a perspective of darkness. I felt isolated. And I can distinctly remember one day when I was driving my car down one of the roads in New Orleans, and I can remember thinking, if I just drive my car full speed into that oak tree, it'll all be over. By the grace of God, I did not do it. At my law school, where I went to, by the way, I was referred by, to someone who could help, and I started going to counseling two days a week. I also serendipitously, as it turns out, began a class at the Methodist Church where I was attending at that time, and it was called Discipleship. It was a 42-week small group study where we read the entire, the entire Bible from start to finish. Which brings me back to our gospel today. The wonderful truth of a resurrected Lord. Because in these times of sorrow and despair, we can know absolutely that our Lord is walking with us. Even if we can't see him, we don't recognize him or feel his presence. Looking back, I can see how God showed up in my life so many times during this time 
I can see it clearly and more clearly as I look back in hindsight. You know, people often remark how I'm such a joyful person, and generally these days I truly am. But as you can see, I have not always been. When I was young and a young adult, I was very quiet and very serious. The truth is I just wanted peace. So I used to think of myself as quiet with still waters that ran deep. But it was not a real peace. It was a peace concocted by me to keep peace in my family, to not disrupt their lives. And the truth was I felt dirty and I felt less than. And I therefore felt like I did not fit in throughout, throughout high school and college. I felt if people really knew me, they would be disgusted and I would be judged. So I stayed quiet and I stayed on the edges. Which brings me back again to another amazing part of this gospel story, which is in the very next line actually of the gospel lesson, and it's not part of the lectionary, it's left out. So you're gonna have to go home and open your Bibles and look at it. <laughs> I, I think I say that to y'all every time I preach down here, but it's true, go back and find your Bibles. Um, and you will find out that when the two people run back to Jerusalem, after breaking of the breaking of the bread and the opening of their eyes and the recognition of their Lord, and they go back to the community in Jerusalem with the other disciples, the Lord immediately appears with them. And his words, his first words to them are, peace be with you. You know, I have been fortunate to walk with my Lord through a time of healing, and he has given me beautiful spiritual recovery. True peace, the holy kind that grounds us. It's a, a deep wellspring of love and dignity, peace and joy. This is why a spiritual walk with our Lord is so important in our mental health cases. We are not just called to hang on by our fingernails, doing it on our own. Our Lord is the deep hope, a well of hope that springs eternal for those struggling and for those who love them. Now, it takes more than just a couple of sermons to make inroads in this very difficult arena of mental illness. It takes a community ready to bring it out into the light from behind closed doors to drop the judgment and stigma, both of which cause shame. These are the main reasons that people don't seek help and they continue to suffer and suffer in silence and they suffer alone. People need safe spaces and safe people to go to for loving help and hopefully knowledgeable referrals to resources. Believe me, <laughs> It is an incredibly expensive quagmire for people to get help these days. It will take innovative treatment, forums, places for families to meet, for support, and places like our church to refresh and to pray. I am thankful our churches have made the decision to step into the ring and begin wrestling with these demons, to begin to be a part of the solution as our gospel shows, when we come back to our community of our church, 
It is a place where we will find Jesus. Our churches are meant to be places of peace, perspective, and friendship with him and with our fellow Christians. And as a community of faith, it starts with our children and our youth. It is where we learn about God's enormous love for us and our call to love our neighbors. As a child, my family, my mom and my dad, we were blessed that they brought us to church every single Sunday, except if we were sick. It was a true amazing grace because somehow through my childhood faith, I learned in those early days, I understood that God was with me the entire time, from the time of trauma through the time of healing. And this is precisely why I encourage parents to bring their kids every Sunday and keep bringing them, because they cannot drive themselves and these are lessons they need to learn. Our community of faith with the Lord, who is assuredly in our midst, will sustain them and will sustain you too. Because hardships are going to come our way, and they are from infinite varieties, from mental illness to bullying to pandemics to politics to social media. We live in a society of negative influences, it is time for us to step into our role as leaders and fellow Christians to bring the light and make it bright, to become the unexpected friend met on the road toward darkness. So I want to be crystal clear. If you or someone you love, you love is suffering from mental illness, I am someone you can call on my cell phone. And if you want to help with the societal issue, if you want to be a part of the solution, let me know that too. Maybe not at night. <laughs> Send me an email. <laughs> this is a big, hairy issue that will take a major collaboration, and I am glad that our churches are considering leading the way. Peace be with you. Hallelujah, the Lord is risen. <laughs>